This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Settling in a new city can raise lots of questions. How does the bus service work? Can I join the local library? Where do I go to get advice on renting a home? Over the next half hour, the team from Citizens Advice Bureau bring you all the latest news and information of special interest to new migrants settling in Dunedin. Welcome to Resettling in Aotearoa with Citizens Advice Bureau. No mai haere mai, kia ora ano. welcome back to our monthly Resettling in Aotearoa show on Otago Access Radio. Ko Anna, toku ingoa, my name is Anna, I'm the manager at Citizens Advice Bureau. Um, te pau whakawhirinaki o o te poti. Today I'm going to give you some information about starting a tenancy, um, yeah, and your rights regarding this. So um, getting things right at the beginning of the tenancy definitely helps to avoid problems later. The Residential Tenancy Act is the main law that sets out the rights and responsibilities of tenants and landlords. This law focuses on ensuring that rentals are secure and they're well maintained and that responsible tenants can enjoy them in peace and that rent is paid. It's not uncommon, however, for misunderstandings and disputes to arise between landlords and tenants. It's good for tenants to make sure they are equipped with good information about their rights and their responsibilities so that they can try to resolve any issues as early as possible. In most cases, the tenant will be able to take action themselves. Most tenancy issues can be resolved without needing to talk to a lawyer. In fact, tenancy law dispute resolution is designed to solve disputes without the need for lawyers. There are a range of helpful resources available for tenants online, on the phone and in person. Before signing up to a rental, it's a good idea for tenants to read up on their rights and responsibilities. And some good online resources about being a tenant are, of course, us, the Citizens Advice Bureau website, www.cab.org.nz. Um, there's a, the Ara Tohu Tenant Advocacy website, which actually Citizens Advice Bureau, Bureau put together with a whole lot of tenant advocacy groups, and that's tenant.aratohu.nz, A-R-A-T-O-H-U. And then, of course, there's the Tenancy Services website, which is www.tenancy.govt.nz, and the Community Law Manual also online has um, some good, definitely good information regarding um, tenancy law. Um, if a tenant can't find an answer to their questions online or they need an in-person, if, if that you need in-person support, um, then again, we Citizens Advice Bureau can help. So firstly, finding a good rental pro- property. Uh, I mean, it helps obviously to know where to look, what to look for and how to spot warning signs of poor housing. Finding a good, affordable rental property can be tricky, especially in urban areas where there is significant demand for good places. Helps to be as prepared as possible and to be persistent. Uh, you might have to apply for quite a few before you get one. Um, so firstly, you know, know where to look. So some options for looking for a rental property include, obviously, searching on the internet, browsing Trade Me Property and rental property websites for local listings. Um, ask in community social media groups, um, putting an ad in the paper or a sign up on a community board, notice board like at the supermarket, um, you know, to say that you're looking for a property or to look on those same notice boards to check whether anyone else is advertising a rental property. Asking family and friends and workmates if they know of any options. Uh, approaching real estate agencies and property management companies to see what rental properties they have listed. And most of them have them on their websites. 
checking notice boards at university or other places of study for students is a good idea too. Good tip is that sometimes the best rentals are found when a tenant who is moving out recommends their friend or colleague to the landlord. These rentals usually won't be advertised at all. So when looking for a rental property, it's always worth asking friends and workmates if anyone knows of a good place that is coming available. So you've got to know what you're looking for. It's obviously important to know what you want um, in regards to size and location of property, what you can afford, and when you are, are able to commit Uh, When you find something suitable, you have to act and get in contact quickly and have references ready. Um, Some people also find, you know, there's pre-tenancy forms that are downloaded on the Tenancy Services website. Some people think that's useful to have them filled in, to hand in with your references when you go to a viewing, but that's up to you. If you need a particular kind of property, like one with disability access or one that will allow dogs, it's best to state this when asking around or looking. Some general questions to ask, actually, to get an idea of what the rent will be like and also to get a feel for how it is to deal with the landlord or their agent. Um, when you're at a viewing, uh, are things like when is the property available, is it a fixed-term tenancy or periodic tenancy, Is it fully furnished? What whiteware is included? Is it close to transport? How many people are allowed to live in the property? Does it get morning or afternoon sun? Who's responsible for mowing the lawns? Is there on-street parking? What's the neighbourhood like? Um, And also you can ask the landlord if they have any references. And those will, asking those sort of questions at a viewing will just give you a feel for what the landlord or the property manager might be like to deal with. Um... Tenancy services has a checklist for new tenants actually that can be helpful prompt, can be a helpful prompt of things to ask or for you to think about. And that's again at www.tenancy.govt.nz. It's also really important that the terms and conditions of the tenancy agreement are checked before the agreement is signed to ensure that the property will suit the tenant's needs. For example, the tenancy agreement might state that there are to be no pets or limit the number of people who can live there, although it's still worth asking the landlord whether these conditions are negotiable. And a good tip here is that landlords have to say how much the rent is when a rental property is advertised, and they cannot encourage bids for higher rent from prospective tenants. This is called rental bidding, and it's illegal. Um, So watching out for signs of poor quality housing is important. It's a major cause of health problems in New Zealand, Ideally, no one should be renting a place that is mouldy and damp or hard to heat. So when checking out a potential rental property, it's good for a prospective tenant to be on the lookout for signs of an unhealthy home. For example, um, issues with mould. If the walls have been freshly painted, um, then signs of mould may have been covered up, so just be aware of that. Look around at what heating is available. Do the doors and windows close properly? Are there main windows that face the sun? You know, obviously houses that face north and west will be sunnier and warmer, generally. Um, Other areas where the floor feels spongy or bouncy, this can indicate rotting floorboards and issues with dampness. And check out the um, ventilation options, particularly in the kitchen and bathroom. It's a good idea to encourage tenants to find out as much they can about their future landlord before agreeing to rent from them. If they're comfortable dealing with the landlord, then this will make it easier to raise any issues along the way. So you can ask questions like, 
any of the landlord like um, is, is any re- recent maintenance or repairs that have been done that gives you um, an idea of how responsive the landlord would be to addressing any problems. You can also search the Tenancy Tribunal Orders on the Ministry of Justice website, www.justice.govt.nz, to find out if the landlord has been involved in any disputes in the past or any tribunals or tenancy tribunal orders. You can check community social media pages and groups if there have been problems with a particular landlord, then people may have given feedback about their experience on various social media sites. And if there are any concerns about the landlord, you might want to consider looking elsewhere. So a little bit now on references and your privacy. So the landlord um, should only collect relevant information about prospective tenants. The Privacy Act 2020 applies to landlords and tenants. It says that information should be collected only for a lawful and relevant purpose and that the collected information cannot then be used for a different purpose. So you need to know what information you should not have to provide. So these are the sort of things that the landlord cannot ask you for and and it's protected under the Human Rights Act. So there's things like your sex, including whether you're pregnant or um, if you've had children, your relationship or family status, your political opinion or religious or ethical beliefs, your colour, race or ethnicity, including nationality or citizenship, physical or mental disability or illnesses, your age, apart from other than whether the prospective tenant is over 18, um, your employment status, whether you're unemployed, on a benefit or on ACC, and your sexual orientation or gender identity. They're, They're all things they cannot ask you for. They can also not ask whether you, um, whether a prospective tenant has experienced or are experiencing family violence, how the prospective tenant spends their income, and the prospective tenant's um, employment history. Those are all things they cannot ask you for. Um, also, they can't ask you for your social media URLs, um, so they can stalk you on social media. Um, but once the tenancy starts, there may occasionally be reasons for the landlord to collect information about some of these matters if it is directly relevant to managing the tenancy, for example, making the premises more disability-friendly. So then what information can the landlord ask for? So when deciding whether to rent out a property to a prospective tenant, it's lawful for a landlord to gather information to make this assessment, but they need to stick to just collecting information that is necessary and relevant. Some landlords will ask prospective tenants to complete a pre-tenancy application form, which I mentioned earlier. The Office of the Privacy Commissioner has produced guidelines outlining what information should and should not be collected. Um, it's reasonable for a landlord to ask a prospective tenant for proof of their identity and for them to provide references about their renting history. This is because it can help the landlord assess things like whether the person has a history of looking after any properties they have previously rented and whether they have paid their rent on time. So they can reasonably ask for your name and contact information, proof of identity, whether the applicant is 18 years or older, the number of people who would live at the property, the names of occupants that might not be on the tenancy agreement like flatmates or dependents, but they can't ask any other personal details about non-tenants, contact details for the landlord and the non-landlord references that you've provided or 
you know, they can ask you for references. Consent to contact the referees or those references. Um, landlords are allowed to contact referees at this stage. Um, a consent for a credit report and a criminal record check. This is only to be obtained if the landlord is in negotiation with you about an offer of tenancy. So they can't just get that from everyone that's come to view something. Only if they're um, in negotiation with you about an offer of tenancy. Um, they can ask you about pet ownership, but only if there are restrictions on pets allowed at the property. And they can ask you or that any of the occupants are smokers, but only again if there are restrictions on smoking at the property. They can And they can ask you whether you have a legal right to remain in New Zealand for the duration of the tenancy, but only if it is for a fixed term. Um, they can also, uh, there's further information that the landlord can ask for once, like we talked about, once the landlord has decided someone is the preferred applicant. So they can then ask you for any additional information that's needed to carry out a credit, credit or criminal record check, e.g. your date of birth or copies of ID documents. They can then ask you for evidence of your ability to pay rent. So in addition to a credit report, landlords can ask for one other form of evidence, e.g. a pay slip, a letter from your employer, a letter from WINS, or evidence of rental payments in previous tenancy. But that's only um, once the landlord has decided that, that someone or you is the preferred applicant. So do, you might ask, does the tenant have to do a credit check? So a landlord can lawfully ask for the tenant's credit history as this may be relevant to their assessment of the tenant's ability to pay rent. If the landlord is using the pre-tenancy application form supplied by tenancy services, then this includes a section granting the landlord authority to carry out a credit check. But it should only be done if the landlord has reached the stage where they are planning to offer the tenant the tenancy. So at the end of that process. Um... And it, it can also only be carried out with the with the tenant's permission. The tenant the tenant can decline to give a to give permission for a credit check, but their refusal to provide this information may be one of the factors that the landlord weighs up in their decision about whether to grant tenancy. Um, so a credit check will usually provide the person's full name and date of birth, any known aliases, informa information about the person's occupation and employer, any payment defaults, court judgments, bankruptcies, recent addresses, and their credit rating. Um, there's more information about credit checks and credit reports on our website, actually. Um, if the tenant does not allow the landlord to undertake a credit check, then the tenant has the right to access... Sorry, if the tenant does allow the landlord, yes, then the, then the tenant has the right to access the information and ask for any corrections as necessary. So what if a landlord does share details? Uh, what can a tenant do about it if the landlord shared information or details that they weren't supposed to? So there are many websites now in existence that collect up information about tenants and sell this data to landlords. These sites allow landlords and their agents to view ratings left on the website, along with credit and character checks, fines and tenancy tribunal cases. This information is used to warn landlords off renting to some tenants, often the fact that a tenant has even been part of a tenancy tribunal case is used as a basis for blacklisting them. Tenant blacklists do not comply with the Privacy Act. The Officer of Privacy Commissioner is actively using its powers under the Privacy Act to investigate any blacklists the office becomes aware of 
and to take enforcement action against sites that are breaching the Act. So if a tenant becomes aware that information about them is being used in this way, they could make a complaint to the Privacy Commissioner. They also, the Privacy Commission also provides a rental tip line which allows people to anonymously report privacy concerns about the actions of landlords. And all reports are confidential and if the Commissioner takes action against an agency or landlord, they won't disclose the name or personal details of the person making the tip. But in reality, it's very hard to combat the impact of these kind of databases because the selection process for tenants generally, generally lack any transparency. One factor that may help to provide some protection for tenants is that when a tenant is wholly or substantially successful at the tenancy tribunal, then they can ask the tribunal to anonymise their details in the reporting of the decision. Um, yeah, so the next thing is dealing with discrimination. So unlawful discrimination is when a landlord or their agent treats someone unfairly on a number of prohibited grounds such as race or religion. Landlords have some control over who they rent their properties out to, e.g. they may decide they don't want to rent to people who have pets, but they must not unlawfully discriminate against people when deciding whether or not to offer them a place to rent. They also can't tell someone else, like a property agent, to discriminate on their behalf. So... This is a list of some of the unlawful grounds of discrimination under the Human Rights Act, which is sex, which includes being pregnant, marital status, religious beliefs, ethical beliefs or lack of religious beliefs or political beliefs, colour, race or ethnicity, sexual orientation, employment status, family status, age, there are some exceptions there, and disability, which are also some exceptions, which I will get into in a minute. Um, the law also protects people who are already tenants. So if a landlord finds out that a couple's, couple aren't married and terminates the tenancy or refuses to renew it because of this, then this is unlawful discrimination on the basis of family status. Prospective tenants have the right to make up their own mind as to whether a property will suit them. For example, whether a property next to a busy road is suitable for kids. By contrast, the landlord cannot simply predetermine that their property is unsuitable for particular tenants on account of one of the factors in the list above. Advertising for rental should not include factors that are discriminatory, e.g. would not suit children or suitable for a professional couple. So any advertising should not say things like that. There are some important exceptions regarding discrimination when providing accommodation, including renting to 16 and 17-year-olds and disability um, and a couple of others like retirement homes and school hostels and private borders. So renting to minors, when considering whether to grant a tenancy, it is unlawful for a landlord or their agent to discriminate against a person because they're 16 or 17 years old. A person can sign a tenancy agreement if they are under 18, but it can't be enforced against them unless they or the landlord apply to have it ratified in the tenancy tribunal. So an exception is if the tenant is 16 or 17 and married or in a civil union, then they will be treated as if they were 18 when they signed the agreement. Um, so if you turn 18 once, you know, if... If the order gets confirmed and the tenancy tribunal is ratified, then once the agreement, once the tenant be turns eighteen, it becomes legally binding. Um, 
So the Tenancy Services Residential Tenancy Agreement has a tick box that notes whether the tenant is under 18. So people with disabilities, so these are some exemptions to that um, discrimination. It is illegal for a landlord to refuse to rent to a person because of their disability, as I've already mentioned, or to treat them differently, e.g. charging extra rent. Sometimes, though, the issue is with the rental property itself. The landlord can decide not to rent to a person with a disability if they need special facilities or services and it would be unreasonable to expect the landlord to provide them. If, however, the special requirements are reasonable, e.g. minor changes or alterations to the accommodation, not necessarily paid for by the landlord, um, the need for these reasonable accommodations should not be grounds for refusing to rent the house or flat. For an example of this, of a minor change might be putting a railing, putting in a railing next to steps outside or in the bathroom. Um, if a landlord refuses to rent to someone because they have a mental illness, this is a clear ground of unlawful discrimination. It is very unlikely that there will be a justifiable reason for excluding this person as their disability is unlikely to require the landlord to make or allow any changes to the property to meet the tenant's needs. Tenancy Services has a list of organisations that help disabled people uh, to find rentals. Um, on that website, www.tenancy.govt.nz. Um, yeah, so what can be done about discrimination? Without evidence, like an advertisement or text messages, it can be very hard to prove that a landlord has unlawfully, dis unlawfully discriminated against someone. If there is good evidence of unlawful discrimination, a complaint can be laid with the Human Rights Commission or the Tenancy Tribunal. Both courts are serious about dealing with discrimination against tenants. The Tenancy Tribunal can award exemplary damages against a landlord of up to $4,000. However, the penalties under the Human Rights Act can be higher. It is still unlawful discrimination, even if the landlord also had other lawful reasons for their actions alongside the unlawful ones. For example, if the landlord refuses to rent to a person who is transgender, which is unlawful discrimination, it doesn't change this if they also say they won't rent to them because they own a cat, which would be a lawful reason to refuse to rent to the person. So that's a lot of important information regarding your rights and important for anyone looking for a rental property to understand and be informed about. Um, next month, we will continue with the renter's rights theme and focus on moving into a rental and the things to be aware of at that step. Um, remember that at Citizens Advice Bureau Dunedin, we offer free, confidential advice and information and can help you regarding anything we have covered this evening. And remember, this will also be on podcast and available um, after it's played live. Um, you can call us directly in Dunedin on 0347161666 or use the nationwide free phone 0800367222. But that, just be aware that may be answered anywhere around the country. Um, or you can find us at 155 Princess Street 
we do suggest that if you want to come in, it's actually a good idea just to check via the phone first um, and ask to the shift on, uh, uh, to, just to check that they haven't already got clients in the interview room. Um, so we're 10 to 1 and then 1 to 4, Monday to Thursday, and 10 to 1 only on Friday. So if you just call at the start of the shift, like 10.15 or 1.15, and just check, is you know, can I come in and see you this morning? Is this, it depends on how busy we are. So it's always just a good idea to check by phone call. Namihi kia koto. Thank you all for listening, and thank you to ORFM for hosting us um, and our show. Enjoy the rest of your evening, and remember to tune in next month for information and advice on moving into your rental car kitea. podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air.